Hi, Mark Middleton with Bill Schaefer. This is Growing Boulder, and we're excited now to introduce you to two pioneers, two men instrumental in turning parachuting from a military operation into a sport for all ages. Now, let's start, Mark, with Lou Sanborn. This guy is the holder of parachute license D1, the very first license ever given out, and he earned the honor. Today, Lou's 80 years old, still skydiving, and he is revered worldwide for helping make jumping accessible to everybody. Lou Sanborn is a skydiving legend. He's made over 6,000 jumps, but that's not the only reason. I think it's because of my age. It's been pushed out of proportion. I'm 80 going on 25, and that's the problem. Part of it is that he's been skydiving for a long time. Well, 62 years and four months, but who's counting? But skydivers know if it wasn't for him, many of them wouldn't even be here. See, before Lou, you had to be in the military to learn to jump. In fact, he became the instructor of the Army's first official freefall course. And in doing that, an idea hit him. He believed anyone could be taught the basis of parachuting and make their first jump on the very same day. And in 1959, he opened the first commercial drop zone in the United States. He made skydiving possible for anyone who wanted to experience it. Because of that, they developed a licensing system for divers to prove they'd been certified. Lou Sanborn is the holder of the very first ever issued D1. And what's the D? The D? It's for daring dashing and dangerous. I don't know. I, I, I think it's durability, but it could be whatever you want it to be. I never thought when I got the first D license in the country that it would ever reach the proportions that it's reached now. The membership in the National Club is over like 3,300 or 33,000, 34,000. The D license are almost the same number. They're up in the 30,000s now. And that's why when they see D1 on the airport, everybody wants a signature to put in their logbook. Hey, I gotta have that, gotta have it. And what would skydiving be if you didn't have a video to document your jump? Guess who was the very first to film another jumper in the air? But now that he's in his 80s, he must be limiting his dives, right? Am I still active? I made 160 jumps last year. Including this 50-person formation dive. And that's because at this stage of life, the teacher wants to spread the most important message he's ever delivered. Back in my home drop zone at Vandalia, Illinois, uh, most of the people are one-third my age, young enough to meet my grandchildren, in some cases, great-grandchildren. They look up to me, I think, uh, as a role model because they want to be able to think that they can skydive when they're my age, and they can if they'll take care of their body and jump safely. You guys are not risk takers. That's a misconception, not, no. isn't it? No, not, not at all. My wife, when she married me, thought I was going to be a dashing, daring man. And it's a third marriage for the both of us. And she's a little disappointed because I'm not that daring, dashing man. I'm conservative and safe. And as a result, I've lived to be 80. How long do you want to jump? The rest of my life. I don't know if there's any cutoff point. I really don't. I'd like to reach the age of 90, parachuting. But I'll have to decide that when it comes based on my ability to think properly, and my ability to react properly. So what is it, Lou? Why not make the one jump and be done with it and move on to something else? Oh, are you kidding? That one jump bites you, and once it bites you, you can't turn loose. It's, 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 
it's an addiction. You love it or you hate it. And in my case, I happen to love it. It's a thrill that after 62 years and four months has never diminished. It looks as if Lou Sanborn's love affair with the sky is going to last a lifetime. What an amazing guy. You know, we are big proponents of creating a life that you love around the activities that you love. And there may not be a better example of that than Bill Booth. Just like Lou Sanborn, Booth is a skydiving pioneer. He's the guy who invented the tandem system that literally allows anyone of any age to experience the thrill of skydiving. Yeah, Bill, and talk about building your life around uh, your work. Well, Bill lives on a lake not too far from the airport that houses his skydiving business. And guess how he gets to work, folks? And really just about anywhere else he has to go in a flying boat. We kid you not, and we were lucky enough to go along for a ride. Bill Booth is renowned for making skydiving safer, and he flies the same way, leaving nothing to chance. Everything is checked and checked again. Yeah, we have 23 gallons of gas. If there's an instrument that can make flights safer, he's got it. I have a, a personal locator beacon here that I always have with me. Oh, nice. You know, I don't want to spend weeks in the life raft. I don't want to write a book. All right. We have traffic avoidance. It picks up all the other airplanes around, puts them on two different screens, and warns you. This is a rescue laser, and it shines a wide laser beam up, and you can airplanes can see it. And then this is 60 feet of orange stuff that floats on the surface of the water to make you big. So I have enough here to get found. Oh, yes. We climb in as Bill makes one final check. Sounds good. Nothing's loose. <laughs> that, we're off in Bill's pride and joy, a lake amphibian, literally a flying boat. And I love that kind of airplane because it's rare. I like to do things that not a lot of people do. There's uh, only 120 of my airplane in existence, um, and that's fun. Plus, it gives me the freedom to take off and land anywhere I want to. Airports are boring, but you can pretend you're really exploring the world uh, when you're in a uh, in an amphibious aircraft, because you can take off from the land and go to any body of water. All right, this is the check again. Boost is on. Gear is up. Flaps are down. The foam is red over white for water delight. Guys, right, here shows the hull is clean. And there we go. Once we're on the water, the canopy is raised and the plane becomes a boat. Okay, I'm going to finish this turn, put down the canopies, and we'll be uh, ready for takeoff in about 20 seconds. After landings and takeoffs in several lakes, Bill takes the plane over the little-known central Florida savanna. This is a beautiful part of Florida. Most people don't know we have a beautiful savanna here. Over 100 miles per hour, just feet from what appears to be the ground. But flying over the savanna in a seaplane is really safe. There's nobody else out there to run into you, unlike a motorcycle. If the engine quits, the whole area is an airport, you know, and you're not near any people. Uh, or any man-made objects to run into, you're just flying out there in nature. From there, it's off to the St. John's River. I'm going to head down the river south, just beyond that boat. After a few more landings and takeoffs, it's a quick flight back to Bill's lakeside home. How many people can say their driveway 
was a beautiful spring-fed body of water. And we answered the questions about why it's fun to fly in the water. Oh man, how cool is this? I can go anywhere, pull up in a beach, sit out in the wing with a fishing pole. <laughs> we can head up, we can head up to the springs, take a swim and be back at work. And uh, it'll only take 30, 40 minutes. How cool is wow. that? Now, this is literally a man who never worked a day in his life because he's created a life around doing what he loves. And as we learn on this program just about every week, it's never too late to discover what it is you really love. You know what? The best thing about that story and hearing about both those guys is that it's great news for everybody, no matter how old you are. And it's especially good news for college kids and people in their 30s. You, you don't have to get stuck in a rut in a job you don't like. There is plenty of time out there, folks, to discover your passion. Mm-hmm.